You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This week, I am joined for the third time by my good friend, Ariel Posen. Yes, Ariel is an incredible guitarist. If you do not know him, you really should go look him up on the interwebs and familiarize yourself. If you want to know more about his backstory and you want to get a classic Tone Mob experience, you should go to his previous episodes. I would recommend listening to these in order, honestly. One, two, three, it'll make a lot of sense because we kind of, we don't rehash a lot on this episode. We just go from the top like old pals and we just dive right into it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, but please make sure you check out the music he has on the way because it is extremely, extremely good. I'm really, really excited for that to come out. The guy is just phenomenal and he's a great dude to talk to. And I want you to get right into this episode, but one very, very, very quick thing. We are in the very final days of the Summer of String Joy. So if you want to win that Les Paul standard that I talked about a few weeks back, go to stringjoy.com, check out all the ways that you can enter. There are some free ways, there are some easy ways, go check it out. There are literally just a couple days left and you can use code TONEMOB for 10% off when you go to do that. All right, that's enough business. Without further ado, let's get into this one with Mr. Ariel Posen. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have none other than Mr. Ariel Posen for the third time. Wow, the hat trick. Yeah, look at that. The trilogy. The trilogy. The Triforce, the Triune, I don't know. The secret pyramids of Egypt, I don't know. They got more. The Grand Slam. No, Grand Slam is no home run. I don't know. I'm trying to think of every field sports thing in threes. <laughs> sports is, I, well, the sports ball references we're going to need to work on. Three-pointer, I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, how you been, dude? I think we haven't talked on the podcast at least since, I think, since lockdown. We were like in the heart of lockdown, I, I believe, last time we, we spoke, or at least somewhere in that, that ballpark. Sound, sounds about right. I think it was uh, mm-hmm. lead up to my last record, mm-hmm. which was... Lockdown times. Yeah. And um, now we're leading up to another record, conveniently. That's right. right. Have I seen you in person since then? I feel like I saw you at a show or two. No, I saw you in Portland. Yep. And then, and then I feel was, like I saw you in Nashville, too. You right? did. It same, was hilarious. because On yeah, the same tour. The same tour. I yeah. think it was the first and last show, actually. I think Portland was the first show. And then Nashville was the last show of the tour. And I caught you at both of those. So I was That's in, right. We were, I was in town uh, in Nashville because we had just gotten into Sweetwater. And so it was all hands on deck, like 
come on, we got to get the, get these boxes out. I've told this right. story on the podcast a couple of times, but I Friday I was talking to Scott and I said, hey, do you need me to come down or, or do you think that would be helpful at all? And he said, I think we got it. And then I woke up to a text on Monday that said, how soon can you be here and how long can you stay? Yeah. <laughs> so things kind of shifted. Help. Uh, even though right. I barely know how to make strings. Uh, I made like 50, I think, when I was there. But um, I was mostly counting boxes and uh, doing that kind of thing. So, well, I'm sure your presence was much appreciated, regardless Maybe. of what you were doing. Maybe. It, I mean, I'm not going to ask, you know, because I don't yeah. want to, I don't think I want to know the answer. Yeah. But I, but I got to see you. So that was cool. Um, yes. And that, and that was like right on the edge of, I want to say the return to normalcy, I guess. Was that, that, would that be a good way to put it? It was like one of the first full tours that I remember seeing go back that just seemed like a regular tour. Yeah, that was May, 2022. We had our first tour back September 21. So we had done some mini runs leading up mm -hmm. until that. But basically what happened from January to beginning of that April was everything got canceled again because of, right. there was like a new strain. So we had to do some reshuffling. We did some support dates beginning of April. And then May was like our first, that tour was our first, ah, let's just do like a, a full a month in the U.S., mm -hmm. in Canada, kind of. We just did, I think, just Toronto, actually. So just the U.S. You could say that was our first full one back, but we had done a handful leading up to it. It cool. was great. Yeah, it was a good show. I really Thanks. enjoyed both performances, you know? Thanks. My wife has a thing. She likes to, uh, she kind of likes to catch the tail end of tours, which I, I'm, I've tried to explain. She's, she's not a musician herself. I'm like, that can be a little hit or miss. She's like, no, I like when the voice is a little messed up, <laughs> which I'm like, well, there's ah. that. Yeah. There's that. I, I wouldn't have pegged her for that being the reason I would have I would have thought you were going to say it's the most dialed in. It's the most polished. Everything is just clockwork at that point. Everything's a little, I think she likes you know, the fact that you're all a little tired. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's comfort in that tired. Like when everyone's just a little wrecked, everyone's going feral, everyone's mm -hmm. ready to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but musically and, and like the show itself is just muscle memory at this point. So you're, like no one's really thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I do get it. Um, there's still those nerves, maybe not nerves, but uh, just like little intricacies where you're still figuring things out at the top of a tour. You're just getting accustomed to takes mm -hmm. like two or three shows for it to be like, okay, this is the show right. now. Right. Right. So this new record, this is how many albums deep are you? Is this like your fourth or I can get, get everything's running together. How this many, is my how third many, album. Your third. Okay. And the reason that it might come off, uh, confusing is because I put out a couple of solo guitar projects. Okay. On mile end. And now I don't really consider them my records. Like they are. They're records I put out, but they're kind of more so in between just little side projects, labor of loves. Okay. So like I consider an album an album of songs with singing and like a full, you know, just like that classic listening experience which my records, how long and headway were. And this is 
one of those. So Mm -hmm. even though everything I put out aesthetically, you know, it's a record or it's an EP, this is like the third real record. Right. Right. If we will. In your, in your viewpoint. So what is the process like, you know, when you are sitting down to think about these more guitar based projects, not that you're quote unquote, real records aren't guitar based, but yeah, like, it was those just driven from a place of, I just have these things I want to try. I'm going to stretch my legs a little bit and not worry about vocal melodies or like, what's the driving force between or be- behind each of those. I think I've always wanted to do that. And I never had an outlet or a reason to fully go a hundred percent into recording just solo guitar ideas and compositions. Cause I really got my start in the guitar industry by you know, demoing products, demoing guitars, pedals, amps, you name it. Mm-hmm. And nine out of 10 times they go, okay, you ready? And I go, yeah. And they just hit record. And I just, just go. Mm-hmm. I free flow, I come up with yeah. something. And, and what's come out of a, doing a lot of that stuff is, uh, ideas and little, just things here and there. And once I started doing more of that, uh, I put up my first record and I only had seven songs. So I did three little interludes, one minute long instrumental guitar pieces so I could make it a 10 track record. And <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people would hit me up and say, oh, give us an album of those interludes. We love the songs, but we also love the solo guitar stuff. You should do something with it. And I never really thought, considered doing it until we just had time. You know, we were, we were in a time where we weren't traveling or doing anything and took me a few months, but I started feeling creative and inspired to try things. And I just booked a studio, booked a videographer, no intention of doing a record, but just more so getting content and coming up with ideas and improvising pieces and seeing what happens. And I think because I didn't put that pressure on myself, uh, I, I, I managed to just get 11 songs out of it, pieces. Mm-hmm. The reason I, I, I'm coming off like I'm saying it's not real songs or cause I, I just want to like pay respect to all my colleagues and friends and, and people that I'm a huge fan of that play solo instrumental music. And like every little bit of it is composed to right. it's like so detailed. And I feel like I just get out there with a little idea. I write that idea or play that idea. And then I just kind of around for three or four minutes and <laughs> hope that I land at the end. So I, I, I don't feel it's fair to compare to like proper, composed solo instrumental music but i guess it it is maybe i'm just in my head about it but that's kind of how it started and yeah i had a great reception so i i wanted to see if i could do it again and i tried Mm -hmm. for a second one so that's yeah its own avenue its own just its own thing but it's all kind of under this umbrella of me because i really am known as a guitar player but I'm also this artist that sings and writes songs. And I think it's while I express my playing and guitar stuff through the songs, it's cool to explore that different Avenue as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it's fair to say it's just a different form of composition. Maybe it came, maybe it was a little less thought out or a little less uh, intentional, but you still wrote it all the same. You just wrote it on the fly and yeah. if it sounds good and you're happy with it, that's just as valid as somebody sitting down with, you know, for three months. It's just a different kind of of process and effort because you've done that, too, with your 
what you yeah. consider your normal records. You've sit with those for a long time. And, and while I, I understand your view on it, I don't think that it's any less valid than anything else that you're happy with artistically. As long as it comes out the other end and you're like, this is cool. Then I think that's good enough. Right. Well, thank you. you. To, Appreciate I, that. I think we tend to beat ourselves up about process too much. You know, I think the oh, yeah. result probably matters more than the process. Uh, f- not from a, a like soul, like internal perspective, but yeah, when people finally get to listen to it, they, they, I mean, it sounds weird as a gear guy to say that, but I, I don't think most people care how it was made, as long as they like it. You know, I was listening to an interview. Yeah, uh, I agree uh, with an artist that was like, "All my bet, all my biggest hits." You know, not that everyone's chasing hits, but like all of his most popular songs he wrote in like two minutes and the ones that he agonized over and over and over, you know, were, yeah. they were good and he liked them, but they weren't necessarily the, the most well-received. There's um, definitely magic in not being too detailed and not being too caught up in the work that you're, or like rather the art that you're creating. Like, just like you said, I think the more time we stew on something, the more time we give ourselves to pick it apart and potentially take away the magic that was within like the, the more carefree mindset mm-hmm. of it. And I would say the same, a lot of things that I have done that have gotten just more eyes or ears on it have, are usually the things that took a fraction of the time, <laughs> you know, that's just how it is. And, and I'm, I'm fine to accept that, but we're all wired certain ways. And like, I like to do things, a certain way. And that sometimes requires spending a lot of time getting really granular. And then, you know, sometimes it doesn't and whatever lands lands. Mm -hmm. And really like I'm, I'm, I make music for people to enjoy, but I also primarily make music for myself. It's, it's self-expression and I make it for me and I love the process. So what may seem like a lot of work and meticulous and just all this stuff. I I love that stuff. And sometimes, yeah, I can get lost in it, but it's just who I am. It just, that's just how I work. And when you love that creating aspect of music so much, it feels wrong to not sit, like dig into it so deep. Yeah. You 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 certainly, You certainly shouldn't deny it. You, I mean, there's no point in it. Like, we're not all chasing numbers. And despite what I was talking about, if you really love a certain aspect of the process, you should do it as often and as hard as you can. Yeah. Whether that's mic placement or, you know, <laughs> whatever whatever tiny little detail we want to obsess over. If yeah. that really brings you enjoyment, do, do it as often as you can. That's the whole yeah. point of all this. Most people totally. don't don't pick up guitar or any musical instrument, sometimes they get forced into it by their parents, maybe, but they don't stick with it generally, if that's the case. Yeah. I'm sure there are exceptions to that rule, but the wide, vast majority of us grab something that we love, yeah. and then we try to do it as often as we can, to the point where, you know, some of us make it our jobs for some, <laughs> through some weird way, weird, strange collision of events. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> So was the process for, I don't know what else to say, but like the, the real records was the, has the process evolved over the three or are you still kind of in the same mindset and wheelhouse? Um, mindset 
more or less the same. It's been a trajectory because my first record, I, you know, I had been making records for a long, I've been making records a long time with bands, with up for other people, producing for people. In fact, my first record, I booked like five days to the studio, five days, literally at the same studio before we cut my record, mm -hmm. I produced a record for another artist. And it was so funny because like, it was five days of, you know, do this, do this. I know exactly what I, we should do here, you know, just kind of not being a control freak, but producing. It's just like you have a very good, clear idea of what should be happening and how you want it to go. And then we started my record. And even though we did some pre-production, I was like, I don't know what to do. Because I think <laughs> I was just really, I was just overwhelmed by the, by the whole thing. I'd never experienced doing my own record in a super professional, high-level capacity. I'm, mm -hmm. I've recorded my own songs before in studio, but it never mattered or saw the light of day. So this is my first time, and I, I just kind of felt frozen. Like, I, I didn't know what to do. So I leaned heavily on my producer. And then my second record, I got that first one out of the way, and I felt a lot more comfortable with just where I wanted to see things go and where I was hearing things. And then this record, it was just, you know, even more. I had way more songs to choose from. I had 30 songs and we picked 10 of them. So mm -hmm. it just gave me way more perspective of what I thought the strongest songs were. I spent so much time demoing everything and really getting in the weeds with them and trying to limit as much work for the other people so I, they could show up. I can say, here's basically how I'm hearing everything and where I want everything to sit. Now do it better. Do it like your way, <laughs> you know? Right. So totally. I felt very just in my element and in yeah just very comfortable for this last record and i hope that it shows but mm -hmm. you know i like i'm not i'm not saying that i was uncomfortable or out of my element on my other on the other records it's just as you do it anything more and more more experience equals more experience and you just get more comfortable there's no there's less surprises of the things that may have shocked you you learn from mistakes you learn from this and that and you learn how to avoid this you learn how to make make this a bit better just all these little things add up and just offer so much more perspective for making your own record so that's where i was kind of feeling with it yeah reps make a big difference right we yeah. can all relate to that with even just down to simple things like practicing the guitar the more you play a g yeah. chord a g chord used to be really hard to play when i first picked up a guitar it was like this is my hands hurt i don't my pinky's wanting to do something weird i can't and now it's like you don't even think about it yeah the it's, g and those f chords were pissing everybody off huh everybody everyone yeah <laughs> i mean even even doing this podcast the first interview i ever did i was like okay i had a big list of questions and i'm all right okay i'm preparing i'm getting ready here we go and now you know i could interview the ghost of eddie van halen and it'd be like cool let's go i'm ready yeah you know it's yeah, exactly. Fine. That only comes with time. And there's, you know, putting in the effort to get better at whatever you do, or just sometimes just spending more time with the instrument or with, with a particular process, no matter if you're actively practicing or not, yeah. is enough to get better. Just totally. hours. It's just, you know, like they say, put those 10,000 hours in. Could be anything. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it isn't skill. It's time. That's something I learned from 
uh, Daniel Donato because, you know, he was a pretty young guy. He still is a young guy, but he was really young when everybody first started hearing about him. And I thought, wow, there's this natural talent, which is true. But when he did this show and he was like, I played for eight hours a day for like years or 12 hours or whatever it was. I was like, well, I've never done that. So it's not. Yes, he's talented, but also that's a lot. He put the work in. Mm-hmm. I'd say I'd say the majority of people we all listen to and admire and think are pretty good at something. Five for ten percent of that is natural talent, and the other ninety percent is that time that they put in, really mm-hmm. just dedicated to the craft. And it doesn't have to mean that they started from an early age. It's just whenever they did decide to start taking something seriously, they just went all in mm-hmm. and kind of didn't didn't pull their head up until stuff started to feel sophisticated. And I don't think they've stopped either. At least for mm-hmm. myself, I wouldn't, I, I don't like talking about myself in that way. Like, but I, I put that time in too. And I, I played all day. I went to the bathroom with my guitar. I had dinner. <laughs> Actually, my mom just sent me a picture the other day of me eating dinner at the table and I had the guitar on and it was just always there. And then when I was, when I wasn't practicing at home, I'd have a gig that night or a rehearsal during the day. And I was just inspired. So like I, for me, it never felt like work because I was so motivated to be into it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do well in school. I did not want to be there. I did not. I just did the minimum to get by and be done with it. And with music and guitar, once I got inspired, once it hit me, there was no looking back. I was just so passionate that it never felt like a burden felt like mm-hmm. work in any way. So I think those kind of things are important to think about, but yeah, I, I, it's just that time. And I'm still always trying to get better. I am nowhere near mastering anything. I don't think any of us are. We're all like those that are doing it the right way. We're continually trying to evolve and shape shift into a better musician as we go along with it. You know, it just never 100%. ends. I think what you said there, well, you said a lot of interesting things, but one of the more important parts is it doesn't necessarily matter when you start. And I've pointed this out to people before, but my grandpa, he's 82. I mean, did he just turn 83? Somewhere in that ballpark. He's very good and very interested in leather work. He's like made a bunch of straps for me. He does a bunch of leather work. It's just what he likes to do. He doesn't have to do it. He's retired, been retired for most of my life. You know, <laughs> he's yeah. uh, he doesn't have to, but he he loves it. He loves doing it and has kind of, when you look back, he's been obsessed with it for years. But he didn't start doing it until his late 70s. And yeah, he's, exactly. And he studies it obsessively. He looks at what other people are doing and analyzes the stitching patterns and all this stuff in ways that you and I would just look and see a guitar strap. You know, he's diving oh, yeah. into the intricacies of everything. Is and he, he doing like co- Is he doing like cobbler cobbling work basically like like working with shoes and boots and stuff it's like not, that too it's, or... not, it's it's mostly like uh straps and then he does a lot for like the cowboy I don't know there's like cowboy action shooting have you seen that before No Where they literally dress up like cowboys and <laughs> they it's a target competition but they oh, they, okay. they act like they're in like a a western movie you know and they're like you know, have quick draws and stuff and shooting steel targets and things. And they always just like some of those people just get fully decked out. And wow. it's big. It's big in the U.S., of course. But like he's sending it's also big in 
uh, I don't know about the cowboy action shooting itself, but like the cosplay aspect of it is huge in uh, Asia. So he's always sending things to Japan and hmm. Southeast Asia and all these places, but they want it just dialed. You know, they want it just super. They'll they'll send him pictures of cowboys from movies with like close ups of their rigs and their belts and then their holsters and everything. And so it's a lot of that stuff, which huh. you know he he enjoys. He he grew up watching westerns, so. It's right in his wheelhouse. He's living the dream. That's what it's all about. Doesn't matter it, when. I, I I've met so many people too uh, who have come to a show or a clinic or something, or I've given them a lesson, and they say, "Well, you know, it's too late for me to to be like that." Or they always say that in their in their thirties or late twenties, even forties, and it's just like, "What are you talking about? You don't realize how much you can do." in little time if you just prioritize your time and just like know how to mm-hmm. make a schedule that works for you mm-hmm. you can really get pretty far in a year if that's what you're focused on whatever oh, yeah. that thing is look at people who uh you know lose a bunch of weight and they go through these crazy transformations with their body by changing diet and exercising you see certain people like Everyone's genetics are a little different, so you know things are going to happen There's, differently for everybody. Sure. But but it doesn't take much time if you start hitting something really hard and doing it the right way, but doing it in a way that works for you, so that you continually stay motivated. Those results happen before you realize it. Like it's mm-hmm. crazy. Hi, I'm Vincent, and I'm here to talk about the Mercury X. My dad's always going on and on about how cool Maris is. He really went off on one about the Mercury X the other day. He said something about a 4,800 hertz sample rate and 99 preset locations in 33 banks and something along the lines of the most advanced reverb pedal ever devised by man. That's all true, but I only care about one thing. This pedal sounds sick. So make sure you check out the Mercury X and all the other fine products at maris.us, as well as fine retailers worldwide. All right, Dad, now can I have my talkie? How exactly do artists get their music on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, all these services? How in the world do you get your music there? Well, in the past, you had to use something called a record label. But these days, you can use DistroKid. DistroKid is the absolute easiest way to get your music up on streaming services. And it's the most affordable way to do so. Not only do plans start at $22.99 for the entire year, that's less than 2 bucks a month, DistroKid also does not take a cut of your streaming revenue, unlike some other services out there. Even better if you sign up by going to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. That's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. One more time, that's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. You'll get 30% off. That's right, 30% off. They're already extremely reasonable prices. So go to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid and get your music out there. Well, it's one of those things that you don't necessarily see every day. You look in the mirror and you still see yourself. And mm-hmm. over the course of a week, it doesn't really change that much. 
Exactly. But over over the course of a month, maybe you might start noticing some things if you took a shot before you know day one to day thirty and you stayed consistent. And I think you could use this metaphor for anything, right? You don't necessarily feel yourself getting better at guitar. It's just all of a sudden one day you can do something you never thought you'd be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's just uh it's all about keeping at it, keeping going. Keep at it. Yeah. So what ha- other than writing a, a whole record, going on a big tour, you know, what do you is there anything that you do that isn't music related? I don't know <laughs> how you would have time for that with the family and everything, but is there anything that you're in like kind of passionate about that people would be surprised to hear? Not really. I I'm all in with music. Like you said, it, it does take up a lot of time. I've tried to have other hobbies. I mean, when I was younger, I was very into sports and I was very into basketball and I played quite seriously, like up until I graduated high school, but I kind of had to make that decision. Not that I was going to have a career or play college or anything like that, but you know, you, you break a finger, you fracture something or you rip a tendon kind of screws things up for for work so yes. i and i love playing competitively with people it's like there's one thing to just shoot around and then one thing to scrimmage with people and i really miss playing with people so i just haven't been doing that as much but i'm trying i'm starting to get back into that uh as we speak actually trying to get back into basketball uh i like to hike and run and you know jog and do that kind of stuff so when it's nice out even in the winter when if it's not too bad I try to get outside as much as I can and, you know, move around, exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So passionate about exercise, even though, you know, we all fall in and out of phases where it's tough to do that. And on the road, sure. too, I, I struggle. I try to make up for it when I'm home, I think, because when I'm on the road, it gets a lot harder for me to maintain a consistent schedule because there's so much going on. It's exhausting. You know, just all that, all that stuff. So, trying to figure that out. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really into that kind of stuff outside. I mean, I love other things other than music, but like comedy and and, and other things like that that I enjoy. But I, I don't necessarily partake in anything extracurricular at this point from music because it's just it's just what I do takes up all my time mm-hmm. <laughs> totally get it and, and uh, music kind of just uh, sorry no go ahead i was just gonna say like music also is just this umbrella term of you know running a business as you know what that's like and so uh, as much as i'd love to say it's me playing music 24 7 it, it's a lot of admin it's a lot of meetings it's a lot of calls and figuring stuff out there's just a lot that goes on behind the scenes that most people don't usually see and that mm-hmm. you know once that's all done if there's time to to play or practice or do stuff musically that's a bonus <laughs> sometimes <laughs> there isn't even time for that yeah i've i've really tried and i i didn't do this for the first few years but i've really tried to make one thing a day the focus you know i have multiple things that i do every single day just like you do but like today, this is the focus. Every time I've right. got an interview, like everything goes around that. 
you know, I put some buffer before and after in case the conversation's really going and we're like, oh, we can't, we can't stop now. This is, I've had that happen where, you know, we scheduled for an hour and, and we ended up at two or three and right. it's just, just the way it goes sometimes. And I don't want to lose those moments because when you're feeling that it it's kind of incredible and yeah. I don't want to compromise that. So I, I'll put a bunch of buffer around, but when you do that in the middle of the day, and it doesn't leave a lot of time for, you know, anything real serious. You know, maybe yeah. there's, you know, as far as like real get it done type of things. So I've always tried to just put the focus on one thing a day. I've got a lot of emails and all that. I don't really count all that as part of the schedule. That's just what you have to do. The the emails, messages, texts, whatever, content stuff. It's just what you have to do. But I think having one singular goal per day is it's been helpful for me yeah i like makes, that yeah one uh, I, what i've been trying to do recently this isn't really necessarily uh, like what we're talking about but in terms of giving yourself some, one thing to do every day more of a routine thing i'm just trying to be off my phone more yeah i'm trying to not i'm trying to like leave it in another room when i go to sleep you know not it, have it not be the first thing I look at when I wake up, when I go to bed, just have it be this thing that exists when it's time for it. Maybe after you've had your coffee, I don't know. It makes, makes life so much better. Um, and that's a struggle. I think we all have where we're trying to stay off of it a bit more, but it kind of consumes us and controls us, but I'm trying. That's something I'm actively working on at the moment. I think that's, it's good. I mean, it, it's, I think it's extra hard for people in our positions, and this is not to complain because I wouldn't have it any other way, but knowing that I spend way too much time on my phone looking at screens, looking at cameras, like way, way more time than anyone would probably suggest is healthy. Right. But at the same time, you know, trying to manage that a little bit better and and, and being aware of it is half the battle. Some people don't even notice you know, and most people, I, I'm not trying to put us in a in a category we don't deserve to be in, but most people who have a phone addiction don't necessarily need to have a phone addiction. They just do. You know, there's some people that kind of need to be on their phone a lot. Yeah. Um, and there's there's people who don't, but still are. And I think we all can think of a a cousin or somebody who <laughs> fits into that category. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I do think unplugging to the degree that it's possible is, is really good. I just went caving and there are no reception in there. It was beautiful. It was great. Cool. <laughs> and there was not only no reception there, there was no reception in the town. Like it, you had to drive quite beautiful. a ways. I was beautiful. like, you know what? I, I didn't know that I would miss this as much as I do. I, I really enjoy the, the unplugged life and I'm going to try to do it more. Um, Hell yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's you glorious. bring your phone phone with you when you run, and I, I can't not. For me, it's it's I, I have to have something in my ears when I'm doing that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I do bring it. Same with me. I need I like to have something in my ears. So by the nature of that, you have to. But I'm not checking it really. I, I usually, if I'm walking or jogging, kind of just li- lives in a pocket, and I'm not yep. really checking it, it too much. Uh, to songs or, or a podcast or something and you'd put it yeah. on do not disturb and, and, and roll. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some days it, you know, sometimes I like to not listen to music for a long time. 
when you make music all day, every day, you just get fried. And, and I find <laughs> the more I, I move away from listening to music, sometimes it refuels me. Mm-hmm. So I listen to podcasts. And then when that, I just typically know when it's been too long and I start when I listen to music again and it's inspiring and I enjoy listening to stuff and I can't stop listening to music. It's like this, I, I just, I just know it's like, okay, I'm back. I can, mm-hmm. I can listen to music now. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I, I honestly don't, I, everything I do is so active and it is involving me touching or doing something or having input in some way. Yeah. The, the things I've started to enjoy more, I'm going back to more passive absorbing experiences like listening to podcasts, watching movies. I've always been a movie person, but I really enjoy movies and being able to, I've actively, sometimes like my wife and kids are are gone. That's my time I get to watch horror movies because no one else likes horror movies in this house. But I've actively like found myself scrolling on Instagram while I'm trying to watch this thing I've been excited about. And I literally threw my phone across the room. Yeah. (laughs) And like that weird, like not to like over to a couch. It didn't like, I didn't like launch it through a window or something, but like that act of being like, no. And then, um, and then you kind of see it sitting over there and you're like, I should go check it. And you're like, no, don't check it. You just threw it over there for a reason. Sit here and watch this movie. And in two minutes, you'll be fully engrossed back. Like you're a kid again. It's really nice. But having those passive true. experiences, a lot of people like video games. It's too active for me. I'm always doing stuff. And I'm not hating on people who like video games. Just for me, I need to sit there and absorb when I want to when I want to uh, enjoy myself. I guess, for lack of a better, it's a tried and true hobby. Mm-hmm. Watching a show, watching a movie, watching a show, reading a book. I've, I, yeah. I also like that's passive enough for me. Like I can think that's fine, but I don't have to. I don't have to input anything into the experience. And that's. Uh, we're always inputting stuff these days, like and comment and subscribe and all that stuff. It's uh, <laughs> we're always inputting something. Yeah. But, um, so you you've been had this really interesting career where you sort of I would say you at least publicly. I know you've done a ton of stuff that I'm not even aware of, but publicly, you you started doing a lot of demos, like you said. You kind of started almost, I think in as a gear guy and you still like gear and you're still into that stuff, but you are one of the few that have taken that and sort of made the leap to no, I'm, I'm a guitar player and musician as well. Or it's like me, I'm a gear guy and mm. making that leap is a little bit challenging for, for people when you get kind of in that pigeonhole. Did you experience any, I'm not sure what the question is exactly. Did you experience any weirdness with the transition? Was it intentional or did it just happen? It just happened. It all just happened. I, I was already in bands. I was playing. I was touring long before I started kind of making a name for myself in the mm-hmm. gear side of things. The gear thing was almost like a platform that where I was at in my life, it, it, it was there. Mm-hmm. And again, I think of music as this tree, this umbrella. If you're a musician, it doesn't just have to be, I play gigs, I teach, I, I, I do sessions. It can be any, you know, and the gear thing, the gear is just one thing I added. It was a branch that I added and I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I love all the people I've met and some are still like family. There, There's no love loss and there's no lack of 
correspondence between those people. I'm still very much involved, but I, I, yeah, I really wanted the focus of me and my name to just be an artist, you know, cause mm-hmm. that's really what I've always been just a musician, a guitar player, a singer, a songwriter. And the transition, you know, it's not like I, I turned my head to, towards doing that stuff. I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a lot of that stuff I did. And I still have people that come to shows that go, Hey man, I love that demo you did of this specific, <laughs> or I love those Anderton's videos, or I love this thing you've done. And, and you still do that stuff. It's not to say that you don't. You do yeah, I do, the, I do the odd thing. I'm a little bit more selective, I think now, but you know, if someone comes to a show and says that they're here because they saw me do something that doesn't necessarily correlate with a record I've put out or something, but they're still, they still bought a ticket, showed mm-hmm. up there. I say, thank you. It's great. Yeah. I'm so appreciative, you know, whatever, whatever outlet you, you jumped on board from, Hey, thanks for being here. And, uh, I appreciate the support. If it's, it's me playing some acoustic guitar and that video that you keep going back to that you like rather than watching like one of my music videos <laughs> great <laughs> whatever yeah whatever you, whatever floats your boat just mm-hmm. you're you're here and that's all that matters and thank you so that's that's kind of my mindset i have no i'm not like oh you're you only like the guitar stuff you only like the gear are you kidding i'm i'm so appreciative if anyone cares about anything i do so mm-hmm it's all good. Yeah. So it just, I, and it just, so it just happened. It was just very natural. That's how things go. You try stuff out and one thing leads to another, another thing leads to another and you just, that's life, right? Totally. Totally. You kind of have to take, take things as they come, see things as the opportunities that they are or aren't and yeah. do your best to work with them in that particular situation. And it's a, uh, like you said, the fact that, Somebody right now is listening to this is still mind blowing to me all these years later. It's like, wow, this was at your 37 minutes into this conversation and you're still here. I'm glad that this is interesting enough for you to, to have yeah. stuck around for this long. Cause it's a lot of, it's a lot of time that people give you and it's not the biggest show in the world, but when I go to Spotify, we'll give you data on the average listening time and the average listening time is like 45 minutes across the whole thing which is mind blowing. Like that's great. Little Blake is like, this doesn't even make, this doesn't even make any sense. (laughs) 14 year old Blake is very confused right now. Uh, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Like it's a, it's a great, it's a great thing. It's, I get to do, I get to have conversations with folks like yourself that other, why else would we sit down and talk in this super engaged way, you know, on completely different sides of the globe. Uh, yeah. We probably wouldn't if we're being totally honest. Um, it's just a it's a it's a special format and uh, it's a cool place to be. And so I relate to the f- being very appreciative of everyone's time because it's pretty incredible. It's the only if resource you, if, we don't get back. Yeah, you said it. If you just stay appreciative instead of being entitled and being always in comparison to other people and saying. Why don't I have that? Why is that not happening for me? You know, if you just like put those away in your head and just focus on, wow, there are people or like, you know, sure. Maybe it's a small win compared to what I'm 
comparing to, but I should just be comparing to my own growth and my own self. And like, that's all that we, we should ever be thinking about. And I find it's easier said than done because, you know, we all compare. It's, it's impossible not to, especially in this heavy internet phone phase in life right now, which has no signs of stopping. Mm-hmm. Just, you just need little reminders, um, you know, to knock yourself in the head and go, Hey, don't forget you're doing good. It's fine. What you're doing. Yes. Just because it's not exactly what other people's are right now. Just stay on your thing. It's good. Just do your thing. I mean, I don't know if it ever goes away either that feeling or I'm that sure it doesn't, I don't think it does. I've, I've said this on the show a few times and I don't want to name names, but there, there was somebody who was speaking to somebody in one of the biggest bands on the planet. And they, they were told that this all still feels like a house of cards and could go away at any minute. And like, I feel like that, no, this person by all measures should not, should not feel that way. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, I don't, again, I don't want to name names or I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily given permission to be specific. So I don't want to do that, but it's pretty astounding. Say, to hear it, some, say I'm not going to do kidding. it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'm not, you know, it's amazing to see people that are in some, what we would view as the most successful positions in our industry uh, still feel that way. And that kind of yep. tells me never really goes away. It's something where you always have in the back of your head because it is such a weird way to make a living. It, yeah, it really we're is. All, we're all human, you know, to, no matter what level of success you're at, we all feel and think the same things mm-hmm. at some so, point, you know, at some point and you know, you might be at the top of the world and you could still be miserable. You could still be, very unsure of things you could still be questioning every single thing in fact of course you're questioning everything but just because you're you know you're on top doesn't mean it's all sunshine and rainbows always uh and in fact if you can use that as a reminder to yourself that kind of everyone's the same and i've seen the same thing people at a very high level doing things complaining about all the same things i complain about or the same (laughs) things you know it's all the same at the end of the day Mm mm-hmm just focus on you. Just do be the best you that you can be. Being the best someone else. Be the best you and just do your thing. And that's all you should worry about with all the noise that's going on. Don't let it trick you. Just stay on your course, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as you keep being able to put one foot in front of the other in whatever direction that means. It doesn't, I know we, we speak to our own experiences. We speak, we were kind of specifically talking about music mostly, but this can be applied to to life. It can be applied to everything. Most of the people who listen to this podcast don't necessarily want to be a full-time musician or have a full-time career in music. They listen to it because it's part of their lives that they enjoy. And they're very into some aspect of the, the hobby of making music and that these words can apply to their job or life or career too. Like if you find yourself being miserable for some reason and you're like, oh, I didn't get that promotion or whatever, like try to look at where you really are. And if you're really unhappy about it, make steps to improve it. But also realize there's somebody pointing at you going, man, I wish I was where that person is. And that's, yeah. that perspective can be really hard for everyone, to, everyone to have. 
literally Absolutely. everybody. Yeah. Bill Gates has thought that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more, like we're getting a little bit closer to the end here, but we got plenty of time. Tell me a little bit more about the new record and, you know, some of the maybe highlights from the recording process, favorite songs, anything that happens to pop out at you at the moment. Tell me a little more about this new record. Well, uh, I think it's my best work yet. I think it's the best songs. My favorite production route that we took, you know, we experimented with a lot of new things. You know, once you put out a couple of records and I think I've developed like a sound, I think I have. Oh yeah. I mean, I have a sound as a guitar player, but I think for my music, I'm, I'm developing like this sound and I feel like this record, I tried to take a lot of the things I tend to repeat and like do over and over. I know ACDC said the secret to their success was just making the same record over and over, <laughs> which I get. For me, I, I wanted to just, you know, if I catch myself doing like, oh, and I'll just do this thing I usually do, I catch myself and go, wait go run the other way and try something different. And mm -hmm. by doing that, actively pushing myself to just try different things out, I think it, it resulted in this fresh new kind of sound, but still authentic to me and still very much me, but just different. And I think that came from having so many songs to choose from, because when you write 30 songs, a lot of those songs have a lot more of those familiar I can call them REL elements that mm -hmm. I was maybe trying to stay not like, not that they were bad. I'm just like, I've said that I've done that. I'm trying to do something new. So it gave me so many more opportunities to try new things. Yeah. And with that, I feel like everything is very fresh and different. And with that, it's, it's very exciting to me because it just feels, you know, when you play new music and you start, preparing for a tour or a show and you're putting the music into it it's always exciting but these songs for the first time they they really feel like it's the most me and the most authentic and the most different from the stuff before while still cohesive to it all i can't stress enough how it's still cohesive but yeah i i don't know it was all a great highlight i love making records um everyone brought their a game that played on it and mixed it Master every you know everyone that did their job did it at a very very high level and I'm grateful for that. My favorite songs, you know, I, I picked the singles on purpose because I thought they would be the great like really good teasers mm -hmm. to lead up to the record. But there's some songs on the that aren't singles that I'm even more excited about that I purposely left as an album reveal just because I wanted I didn't want to give everything away and. I just, I, I'm excited for it to get out there so people can hear it. And I'm curious what people's thoughts are going to be. Yeah, I'm just excited. It's an exciting mm -hmm. time. It is. It's very exciting. New album times are always fun time. And, and you know what? My last record came out headway March, 2021. It was still lockdown times. You know, we made, we made this choice to just really, and it went well. It went really good. Um, I don't regret releasing it when we did i think if i waited two years after we finished it to wait until life was normal again i wouldn't have wanted to put it out i would have been like screw this record I, it's been too long 
Right. This it's record. Not, it's not me anymore. It's not me anymore. It's too much yeah. time has passed. Mm-hmm. So I'm just stoked that this record is coming out. I feel the most strong about it that I have for anything else. And, you know, we get to hit the road with it and do it the proper way that it's supposed to be done. So, yeah, it's good. Very cool. Very cool. I really like the part that you were talking about when you were like, oh, I'm going to do my Arielism, you know. Yeah. Oh, I've, oh, hold on. Maybe maybe we don't. We all do those. We all mm-hmm. have little things that we fall back on. And sometimes they're really cool. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't do them because they're cool. But yeah. if you do it every time and that's all you do, it does get a little bit stale after a yes. while. And I think actively challenging yourself to try to find something that fits that vibe while also not being a repeat is one of the great struggles, but also great pleasures of, of writing when you do nail it. Once you find the little thing you add or the little, Oh, I well, I'll throw a seventh in here instead that uh, that's spiced it up a little. Sometimes yeah. it's just something that simple can really oh, yeah. change the whole record or the whole song. Yeah. I have a lot of like harmony isms that I like to go like, chord progressions or chord movements that I, I lean on heavily just because I love the sound of it. And it's feels like home to me. Mm-hmm. Feels like home to me. Anyways. <laughs> uh, but just because they feel like home doesn't mean that I have to keep doing it. Like I just, you know, try to be hyper aware of, of those little aspects and elements and just, ah, you've done that enough times. Don't do mm-hmm. that this time. Right, you know, right. Gu- even guitar production things or drums or all instruments. There was a lot of things. Okay, should we put the like the fuzz thing now? There's a lot of fuzz. Don't worry. But all right, all right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's there's there was just more. Hey, well, let's try this first. Let's try something different. Let's let's make this weird. We got weird. I, think I like weird. Yeah, weird is good. Weird Weird's is good. weird is very good. Weird is yeah. very good. We are brought to you today by Sweetwater, specifically the Gear Exchange. You may have heard about this. This is a place where you can go to buy and sell your used gear. Maybe you got a pedal over there that's just kind of collecting dust. Maybe there's something you've been eyeing from the Sweetwater catalog. Well, right now is a great time to turn that unused gear into something you're actually going to use. Even better, if you sell on the Gear Exchange, you can keep 100% of the sale as long as you choose a Sweetwater gift card as your payout method. That is not too shabby, because let's be honest, most of this buying and selling we do is just to fund new gear purchases, and that is a great way to reach a wide variety of customers and keep 100% in your pocket, or rather, on your pedal board. So go check out the Sweetwater Gear Exchange and turn that unused gear into something that's actually going to help you write that next huge riff. Hello there. I'd like to introduce you to your new best friend, the Chase Bliss Audio Lossy. Lossy is a collaboration between Chase Bliss and Good Hertz. It's meant to give you some control over those weird digital artifacts that come with very compressed audio. You're hearing it right now. All the changes that are taking place are strictly coming from 
my plane dynamics. I'm just interacting with the pedal and letting it do its thing. And some true stereo goodness. If you'd like some more details about Lossy, I invite you to head over to chaseflintsaudio.com. I think you're going to like what you find. Well, we are approaching the end of the episode. And, you know, as somebody who's experiencing a three-peat on this podcast, you know, you've been asked, <laughs> you've been asked a lot of these questions before, but... This one I want to ask again, just because sometimes people's opinions change, uh, and uh, and all that. But before we get into that, I want to give you the floor to take a few minutes to plug the record, plug the tour, say anything you want to say, shout out anybody you want to shout out. The floor is yours to basically say whatever you want for the next uh, however long you keep talking. Oh, thank you. I mm-hmm. think I've said basically everything I, I need to. Mm-hmm. New records coming out September eighth. Like we got Reasons a date now. Why. Yeah, we yeah. don't have a date, so we got a date now. Yeah, September eighth. But you know, pre-orders are are live now. You can order the vinyl, the CD, the merch, um, and we're going on tour. Literally in two and a half weeks, we're going to Europe, and then we're going to be in the states and Canada till the end of December, and then there's going to be more in the new year, which isn't even announced yet. So, ooh, you know, we're going to be in Portland in. Uh, October. Sweet. Right Polaris on. Hall. I don't know how heavy Oregon your your audience is, but in case it is. There's a, there's a decent chunk. There's definitely yeah. a chunk. I, yeah. I think I've been I've never been recognized more at a show than a a Oregon Ariel Posen show. That's probably the most <laughs> I've ever been recognized at a concert in my life. So Hey, all the more reason to come to the sh- come to the gig. You get that self gratification. that's right oh thank you oh yeah Yeah. uh but no that's about it new record september 8th a lot of touring come to a show and uh thanks for listening thanks for supporting perfect yeah and listeners all that will be of course in the show notes in the description and all that you can find the links to all that good stuff it'll mostly just go right to ariel's website because that's where you're gonna find all that stuff so yeah that'll all be there and clickable and easy to find. So you don't have to go hunting. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. All right. Classic question. Number one. I don't know if I'm going to ask you classic question. Number two, since you've answered it twice already, but we'll see. Uh, favorite boss pedal. Oh, did I answer the same thing the first two times? I, I don't know if I asked you that the first time. I think that, okay. that that might have been a second. And all the years are running together a little bit, but I don't think I asked you that the first appearance. Okay, well, the last time I think I said it was that orange distortion pedal. Yeah, the DS1. Yeah, The DS1, because that was my one of my first pedals ever, so it was just kind of nostalgic. But now I think I'm going to say the uh, the Boss, uh, like the, they just put out a tape echo. or Oh, uh, man, that analog delay they just did? Is yeah, that the one great. you're talking about? Yeah. <sighs> Man, I want to try one of those. It but looks also, so good. their their um their uh like their multi effect units, like their versions of the the Strymons, mm-hmm. are actually oh, yeah. very good too. They're very like, good too. Yeah, but just their singular one. I know I'm listing four pedals. Uh, I did the video <laughs> for them for the uh, the the Boss Dimension C pedal, mm-hmm. and that's that's a really good pedal. It is. It's very cool. You did four. I I don't know if that counts or not, but I'm gonna let you slide just because I like you. 
That's the only reason. <laughs> Sorry. I, <laughs> I'm Switzerland on, on these what's your favorite type questions. <laughs> I, I just have to pick six. <laughs> well, 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 here's another one, and I prepared this especially for you. Okay. Because, yeah, because, you know, you hail from the great white north, and I, I'm sure there's some things that we don't, we as Merkins don't fully understand about you guys up there. What is some unsung heroes of Canadian cuisine? Like everyone knows poutine. Everyone's pretty much on board with that. What else you got sneaking around up there that most people don't know about? Um, well, not much. <laughs> I mean, here's the, here's the thing. I'll say this first. Like we as Canadians have all the same stuff you guys have, you yeah. know, we have a lot of culture. We have a lot of everybody in this country. So we have all the different type of cuisines at a very high level as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, poutine is like is like the one Canadian thing. Oh, yeah, maple syrup. Oh, yeah, that's not a meal. That's uh, uh, just a thing. Yeah, that's a condiment. You know, we don't have much else. Uh, where I come from, and, and, you know, Canada originally, ah. Let me tweak this answer oh, here. Uh, tweak away. This is absolutely, totally fine. Um, I can see the wheels spinning. I like this. Yeah, I can tell this is this is this is the most in depth question we're that I've asked the whole podcast. Yeah, this. Uh, yeah, we don't really. Yeah, I. You know, we're we're a big hockey country, and. You know, you go to you go to like a community center if you were a kid playing hockey or if you go to like a professional hockey game. There's a lot of just like hot dogs and burgers and stuff like that. <laughs> that is not a Canadian that seems, thing. But yeah, that seems like a shared love that we have. I think just about everything is a shared love. I don't think they're – I'm happy to be corrected by anybody mm-hmm. that, that wants to step in and say anything, but – Nothing comes to mind, like a signature Canadian dish. Um, oh, I'll tell you oh, one thing that oh. this is this this is a condiment, I guess. Okay, right. but in Manitoba, mm-hmm. where I'm from, we have what's called honey dill sauce. And Excuse th- me. Yeah, uh, this is something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something that you would have like with chicken fingers or something like that. You wouldn't put mm-hmm. it in a sandwich or a burger, you, you would have like this with some tenders or some fries and it's just honey and it's just dill. I think that's just it. And it, it, you put it together. There might be another thing in there. I don't know what it is. It's this iconic and it's, you don't get it anywhere else in Canada. You just get it in Manitoba. Okay. Okay. And now that I'm saying that two other things come to mind, but they're, they're they're snacks. Snacks are fine. It's very much things that aren't a thing in the States. So, there's a couple brands, pre- primarily Old Dutch chips. I've heard of Old Dutch, yeah. Is ketchup chips. Mm-hmm. Sounds nasty, but it's quite good. I've I've heard I've heard rumors of the Old Dutch ketchup chips, and I've also heard that just the regular Old Dutch is a just very nice chip. So, Old Dutch is a great chip. Mm-hmm. Um, Lay's also is a great chip. They do a ketchup as well. Another flavor is all dressed. We have. And I don't know I, if you've heard of All Dressed, but All I Dressed I've experienced chips. All Dressed, yes. And? I liked it. I didn't think I was going to. I didn't. It's kind of like, I, a, it's I like, like a better no barbecue. Way. 
Yes. Like a better barbecue. All dressed is a better barbecue. I like all dressed quite a bit. It's a nice chip. So we have a couple, you know, like treats like that or snacks, I guess, that people, whenever I go on TikTok and I say, hi, I'm an American that's in Canada for on a trip and look at all these weird things they have. To me, they're just like, <laughs> this is just what we have. Like we have all the same that you guys have. We just happen to have a, we just happen to have a couple extra kind of chips and our Reese's peanut butter cup branding looks more modern than the American one does still for some reason. You know, there's just some weird things like that. Um, but those would be my picks. I think just more on the snack level and the honey dill sauce. I'm, I'm very curious about honey dill sauce. It sounds like this is not the best description, but it sounds like Canadians heard about honey mustard and they're like, I got an idea. Let's try something else. Let's try, let's try dill. Well, we've got um, plenty of honey mustard here too. I, I, I don't know where, where it or originated from. Like most things, I feel like they just happen by accident. By some, accident. Some, some guy just like, you got dill in my honey. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> or someone was just drunk and just, what if I just put these things together, you know? And the whole bar's like, hold on a second, dude. This is You're onto something. You're really, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I like the honey dill. I want to try that. I'm, I'm curious. Well, thank you for the education. I do appreciate that. I think uh, we brought some new culture to the uh, Tone Mob audience. It's not just pizza. There's a old Dutch snack culture. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Very and you cool. know what? We have another really good oh. brand of chip. It's, it's all kettle chips. And mm-hmm. I would put this against any other kind of kettle style chips it's called Miss Vicky's. Have you heard of Miss Vicky's? I have heard of Miss Vicky's. Yeah. I didn't know that it was Canadian. Uh, Is it I not? Guess, I never well, see them in the States. So it's the only place I've seen them outside of the occasional random like gas station or something. It, the first time I had Miss Vicky's, was at Subway. Subway consistently has Miss Vicky's jalapeno chips, or at least they used to. Like American been... Subway? Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. So maybe it's not just Canadian. But no one ever knows, has heard of it, like Americans that I speak to when I, when I brought it up. So Miss Vicky's is killer. Miss Vicky's is good. Any flavor, doesn't matter. But their salt and vinegar rivals all. I don't think anything, right. anything beats it. Not even Old Dutch. I've heard no, good of that. That's his personal preference, though. Like a regular chip, potato chip versus a kettle chip. That's, I'm not here to say. That's like saying, do you like classic? What's better, classical music or jazz? It's just like they're different things, right? Right, 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 right. Different Pasta flavors. or pizza. They're just different. You can't really compare them. It's whatever you're in the mood for. The potato time. chip, kettle chip. Mm hmm. Different. different. Different chips. Similar, but different. <laughs> Well, dude, thank you so much for hanging out. Let's go see what kind of nonsense we can get into on Patreon. Does that work for you? Works for me, man. All right. All right, everybody. For Ariel, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. There you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, there is more over on Patreon, where for five bucks a month, you can get extra episodes beamed right to your ears every single week. And you can hear Ariel and I talk about aliens. Oh, did I say that out loud? Why, yes, I did. Also, don't forget to check out the new music and everything. Ariel, his links are in the show notes. Go check out all of that. And I have resumed posting some episodes on YouTube. I just posted the Rev Amps one over the weekend. So if you are more of a watcher and less of a listener, which would be weird because you got this far in the episode, 
you can go watch me talk to these people. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. If you'd subscribe on YouTube, that'd be really helpful. I'm trying to get through the backlog of episodes I have over there. It's a little bit challenging, but I'm doing my best in the spare moments that I have to get that up. I'm working on new American Cyclops music. I'm doing a lot of things. I'm doing a lot of things right now. So uh, yeah, you know where to find me. Follow me on the socials. Join the Tone Mob Facebook group. All that good stuff. I'm around. I'm easy to get a hold of. Shoot me an email, info at tonemob.com. All that good stuff. And yes, I am still looking for a replacement for the texting service that I had, well, like a year ago plus now. That was one of my favorite things I got to do. And I'm still looking for an alternative. I don't think text is going to be it. I've kind of come to that conclusion. There's probably some other sort of messaging app I can use, but I hate to have people download a whole new app. But I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. So anyway... I'm doing lots of stuff, and hopefully it's stuff you like. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'll talk to you on the internet very, very soon. Bye-bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? 
fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Oh.